So then you can start with like a smaller list and then understand what you're looking for. Uh, and then the next step, if I wasn't able to find my industry, I would go into Google and just start typing stuff and see what actually shows up in that search. Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. Hello, guys. I don't care. Good, bad. I care only about value, how you can get valuable insights from this podcast. That is why I am inviting only the best speaker. Today, we are going to discuss more about Google Ads, how you can get results, sales, leads. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic. We've met Karba. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Looking forward to learn more. I know how it's important to yeah. have the right skills because uh, in 2008, I set up Google Ads myself. Uh, at that time, I think that was like uh, Google AdWords. Uh, even yeah. your agency, yeah, it's called like AdWords Girl. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you didn't uh, rebrand with Google, but... Uh, <laughs> no, I firmly, I was like, you know what? It's been Google AdWords for the last 10 years of my life. I'm like, I am not changing it. So everybody was like, you sound outdated. I'm like, I don't care. I'm yeah. like, I'm AdWords girl forever and always. <laughs> <laughs> got it, got it, yeah. And, uh, you know, um, I started to set up all Google and Facebook myself. Uh, but that time I paid like five, ten cents per click, you know, not a lot. And um, I uh, today I can't do myself because uh, I need to pay five, ten dollars. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's hard to sell. Uh, your products if you do, uh, don't do it right. That is why it's very important to know how to customize a buying persona, how to consider unique selling proposition, how, how to analyze competitors. I mean, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you decided to stay Edwards girl. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's a little bit of a long story. So I um, started my first company at 19. So I was still in school. I was uh, thought I was going to get a, a, a degree in business administration with a, a minor in entrepreneurial leadership. And I took uh, a macro and a microeconomics class and I hated it. Like nothing made sense to me. I like barely passed the class. And then I realized that there was economics two and economics three and so on and so forth. And I was like, there is no way I could ever graduate if I have to take any further of this. Um, so I literally looked at my credits and figured out that marketing was the program that would take the most credit. So I wouldn't have to start all over again with a different degree. Uh, and I ended up in marketing. So I started taking marketing classes. And uh, one day we had um, an online computers class, I think it was, or something. It was like computers class, it must have been. And uh, it was a three hour class. And he literally went over email marketing, social media, content marketing, Google ads, Google analytics, all in three hours. And for whatever reason, Google ads and analytics really stood out to me. And I wrote it down in my journal for whatever reason. And then I just went off and started, you know, continuing a school. And then eventually I started my, my first business and I went, oh yeah, those, those ads that my teacher taught me about, maybe I should try them. Uh, so I took like maybe about 250 to $500 a month and tried to sell tickets to like the events that we were hosting. 
Um, and then three years later, I realized that I hated event planning. Like, it's not like, it's, it's great, but it's a very thankless job. And I was like, this isn't for me anymore. Um, so I sat down and kind of looked at everything and I went, okay, well, ads, I did pretty well with, like we sold tickets and the conversion rates were pretty decent. Uh, maybe this is something that I could pursue. Uh, so I ended up moving from British Columbia to Alberta, which is in Canada, and uh, started pursuing PPC out of just sheer interest. And then eventually somebody saw my my profile on LinkedIn and was like, you have the skill set that we're looking for. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, sure, why not? I went in for an interview and uh, two hours later, they offered me the position. So I went from spending what would have maybe about $6,000 a year to $4.3 million, um, what felt like overnight. Admittedly, there was a lot of years in between that, but like it really just felt like it happened overnight. And that kind of really catapulted my career in, in Google Ads because I, I had to learn really, really quickly how to manage larger accounts that were spending thousands of dollars and not a couple hundred dollars. Um, so I really immersed myself into the community online at that time, which was really, really fantastic and amazing. And um, I made so many friends that were able and willing to help me. And that's kind of what I used to, to grow myself. So very quickly, within about four months, Google had spotlighted me as like a rising star. And within six months, I think they, it was six months or seven months, something along those lines, they had um, asked me to join their ambassador program. So I got to be part of their ambassador program for two years where we got to talk to Google directly about what we wanted to see in ads, but then also um, beta test some of the stuff that they were actually outrolling, uh, which was really, really, really cool. So I was the first Canadian to ever do Gmail ads at that time. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was just, it, it was this one job literally changed everything for me. It was absolutely amazing. Great experience, love it, awesome, awesome. Yeah, I mean, I wanna ask uh, you about my common question that I usually get all the time from my customers, users. Uh, why Google Ads don't work for them, for specific cases? And I think is the main reason why uh, TikTok doesn't work for me, Instagram <laughs> doesn't work for me, because I'm not good with that, you know, to compete with others, I pay attention to specific channels, but I still have the question uh, uh, and people can think that this channel doesn't work um, i don't know how it doesn't work if google can earn like 150 billion dollars you know revenue with google ads it's a lot so uh, if marketers can pay such money that means this channel works so can you tell why it doesn't work for some companies cases projects <laughs> yeah so in some cases it simply doesn't work because you don't have the profit margins so a lot of business owners and this is the the biggest issue that we run into a lot with like the companies that we work with a lot of them don't know what their profit margins look like so they come in and they're like google ads don't work and i'm like okay cool let's find out why and then suddenly we realize that their profit margins are so thin that Google Ads is taking up all of the rest of it. So then when they look at their spreadsheets, they're like, we're losing money. And uh, it's obvious. And I'm like, of course you are. You're spending money on stuff that isn't making you money. You're spending money on, you know, like completely like 10% margin rates. Like that's not healthy in any way to be able to run ads for. So being really aware of what your profit margins are and looking at it um, holistically and only really advertising the products that you actually have a higher margin on uh, is probably step number one, I would say. 
The next is Google Ads is very intricate. There are many, 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 many different variables in it. You mess one up, um, it can completely derail a campaign. So a lot of times people will uh, call Google and they'll assume that Google has their best interest in for them and, and realizing that Google is a business and not a charity is something that not a lot of people really like quite understand quite yet because they'll be like Google called and I'm like no that's not what we wanted like they're not going to help you they're going to make it actually worse so oftentimes um, adding something like search partners or display network can also um, mess up a campaign because then you're spending money on other networks that you don't necessarily want to be spending money on not to say that those networks don't work it's just that you actually really have to have a controlled um experience with it like you really need to have it set up that you're testing it for a certain time period and then you're going to turn it off or you're going to turn it on and a lot of business owners don't know understand what that means uh so oftentimes they'll turn it on and then be like why are we spending thousands of dollars and getting nothing in and oftentimes what i'll find is well you've chosen display select or display network um obviously it's not going to work you're just displaying your text ads to everybody uh there's so many there's so i could keep on going forever on how why there's people yeah. are not yeah. doing well on yeah. ads yeah many reasons i agree many reasons uh, yeah, I mean, many reasons. yeah. Can you tell about uh, interface when i open google ads i can see a lot of fields plus hundred fields probably thousand fields uh, it might confuse uh, non-advanced users uh, who can see the first time but uh, i like to control the process uh, because uh, uh, i found if you understand how it works then you can uh, get high results even cooperating with experts because you can tell them you can speak one language to explain what kind of customers you have how to uh, achieve them so uh, can you tell how to learn this interface and make it user friendly <laughs> Oh gosh, the problem with the user interface is that they're changing it about every five years. So they're currently actually going through a change right now. And I, uh, I'm notorious for pushing it back every single time. So they'll give you an option of like, do you want to use a new interface or do you want to go back to the old one? I will go back to the old one until they force me to use the new one. <laughs> uh, like I am not, I'm not an early adopter. I am the one on the other end who's very angry that I have to learn something new. Uh, I hate it. I like, I finally get used to one interface and then they give me a new one every yeah. single time. So uh, that's something that everybody needs to be prepared for. The moment you feel comfortable is the moment that they're going to change everything for you. And I think the best way to understand the interface is by going through it one by one, like literally just click a button and then take like a good minute or two and just look at it and try to understand what's on this page and why it's there. And I think that really, really helps, especially even for like experts who are in the interface every single day. That's usually kind of my tactic is I'll sit there, press one thing, go through it, look at everything and really understand uh, what it's for and what it's doing. So that way, when I'm actually uh, starting to manage the accounts and stuff like that, I actually have a better understanding of where to go and what and not to get frustrated because like changing interfaces is, is very frustrating because you don't know where to find your information and stuff like that. So taking a, a couple minutes just to go through each little tab um, mm -hmm. is probably the best way to do it. And I, it's been pretty good for me, honestly. Like I've been able to pick it up really quickly. It's just that I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I agree. I usually do it like this. I, I just open all fields, spend some time. Uh, if I'm frustrated, I can get back for a while, you know, so yep. that's okay, you know, you, you, you can, it's hard to learn from the first attempt, but if you do it uh, at least a few times, 
I'm not sure you can learn from a few times. Probably you need to spend like a few weeks, even months to understand how it works. So yeah, it will be fine. But it's patience. I don't know how to get overnight success to any other platform. You know, it takes time to learn, you know, to understand how it works. Especially with advertising platforms, because there's so many little um levers that you can pull at all times or buttons that you can push so really taking your time to to understand what's happening and not getting frustrated about it and like you said just walking away or doing something else is a really great way to learn uh, all of that just because it these platforms are designed to be complicated they they don't want you to be in them and man like doing the work yourself they want their reps to be doing the work so that way they can actually edge out more money out of you uh so uh, taking that first step in your education to actually just understand the platform alone puts you steps ahead of other people. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Uh, I mean, I want to ask about uh, uh, LinkedIn ads, but uh, uh, I want to share example uh, with about LinkedIn ads, but it concerns uh, to Google ads as well. Uh, once I listened to audio podcast uh, when a well-known company wasted five hundred thousand dollars in linkedin ads and got zero leads nothing uh, and i think uh, we can find a lot of similar examples on google ads on facebook ads it doesn't matter people companies jump fast uh, waste money uh, can you tell how to avoid it i mean like uh, i know it takes time to test to experiment sometimes we can lose money that's okay but we can learn uh, and can you tell how to minimize the risk of losing money uh, to test experiment i mean like to get results faster without losing this money <laughs> yeah i um i'm a big fan of the what I like to call walk, crawl, run kind of um, mindset. I don't like starting things really, really quickly. Uh, I'm notorious for being very, very cautious on mm -hmm. on Google ads, which is so weird because I'm not that way in my life in general. But like when it comes to ads, I like really am very particular. So uh, oftentimes I'll start with a lower budget than what we have for the daily, just to see how everything's going to perform over the week. Because um, again, I want to mitigate the the loss of ad spend as much as possible and that's kind of really how i started my career in the first place was me really telling everybody i'm like i could save you ad spend and still be able to get you more money out of it like and that's really like how i started everything i was fixing accounts because people were using broad match keywords which they didn't understand so broad match keywords are um basically you throwing a net into the ocean and saying i'll take everything so all the plastic all the garbage the fish whatever else you're going to find in there. Um, and that's not a really effective technique unless you have a very, um, you have a very technical person working on the account, mm -hmm. right? Someone who's very meticulous and very detail oriented. Um, if they're not detail oriented, then broad match doesn't work because you're literally saying, hey, give me everything. So then Google's naturally going to be like, okay, well, if you want everything, then I'll show you up. I'll show you ads for um cheese in edmonton and mm -hmm. i'm a web development agency in edmonton that cheese doesn't have anything to do with me but because i've said broad they'll be like yeah this is somewhat like what you're looking for right um so that's one really really great way to mitigate that loss or that ad spend is not using broad match right out of the gate i would mm -hmm. recommend maybe doing it after maybe a year of you actually really understanding what's happening in the account and then opening everything up um, conversion tracking is my favorite topic to talk about because 
so little people do it. So what I want to see when I'm in a client account is going into Google Analytics and knowing that they're tracking their events. When somebody purchases, do we know where they came from, how much they spent, how long they were on the site? Like all, all that information we want to know because then that makes our marketing so much easier. We know who this person is, we know what they're looking for, and we know where they're located. So if I'm able to take data that tells me that everybody in, let's say, California uh, has a higher conversion rate than New York, why would I put money into New York? I'm going to put money into California and make more money. Um, so it's using better data or using your data better, but then also um, not falling for all of the upgrades that Google is telling you to go forward with, which is like search partners, broad match, sometimes not even having conversion tracking, because that really does mean that they're going to make money off of that, right? So when you have conversion tracking in, you can very quickly realize um, if your ads are working or not. If I haven't converted in two, three, four weeks, that's going to cause a little bit of panic in my body to sit there and be like, okay, what's wrong in this account, right? And likely that's what happened with that LinkedIn story and many others is that conversion tracking was never implemented properly. They never bothered to think about checking it. And then suddenly they've spent all this money and they're like, oh, we got nothing out of it. When yeah. they could have really mitigated that loss within like maybe a thousand dollars. And that's significantly less and much more manageable. But now they're they have half a million dollars that they're in debt for yeah. because they simply just didn't implement like the right tracking in the first place. Yeah, yeah, valuable, nice, interesting. Um, I usually help my clients with organic reach, uh, but uh, some of them uh, set up Google ads, LinkedIn ads, Facebook ads, uh, mm -hmm. and um, I if they ask me to help, I usually lead them to experts like you. You know to tell it's better to cooperate with experts, not with me. I, I can't give the right advice, but you know uh, I want to share another example when. Um, one of my clients uh, spent, uh, I don't want to tell this number, but a lot of money uh, by uh, on Google ads uh, and uh, his campaigns didn't work before he uh, found 5,000 negative words, a lot of words, because he sells like uh, uh, batteries for electric cars. Uh, but users are looking for batteries for smartphones, uh, different gadgets, and he wasted a lot of money uh, and spent like, I don't remember exactly, a few months to uh, create this list of negative words. Can you tell how to do it faster? I mean, like to find this uh, negative words that can bring irrelevant clicks. Yeah, so I've got a couple uh, techniques for that or different ways that I go about that. So there's some really great people who have created negative keyword lists online already for us. Mm -hmm. So simply just doing a Google search of negative keywords and the insert whatever industry you're in oh. might actually result in like negative keywords that will pop up. Um, more often than not, if it's not your industry, they'll give you a general list of like free, cheap, um, like adult keywords that you don't necessarily want to show up for <sighs> that you wouldn't really think of. So then you can start with like a smaller list and then understand what you're looking for. Uh, and then the next step, if I wasn't able to find my industry, uh, I would go into Google and just start typing stuff and see what actually shows up in that search. And that gives me a better idea of what type of terms people are using. Um, and then you can take it another step further if you really, really wanna go like super robust and really just like running for the hills essentially. 
you go into Keyword Planner and you literally just do the same thing. Start typing stuff up and see what searches come up. And then just uh, within Google Ads, you're able to just select keywords and say if you want them to be positive or if you want them to be negative. Um, so you just simply just put them into a list and you're like, hey, put these off. I don't want to touch them. And that's a really great way to get a good couple hundred keywords right before you even start the campaign. And then obviously, uh, keeping up with the search terms report as the campaign is running and then going through and negating as much as you possibly can um, is a great uh, is a great way to do it. And then also my favorite is using scripts. I'll have scripts um, like API scripts that will send me keyword data to my inbox. And then from there, I'll be able to pick out certain words that are just showing up. So maybe let's say um, the uh, let's say like iPhone is the, the common term in a lot of searches. I don't need to make every single search a negative keyword. I just need to make sure that iPhone is not part of it. And that keyword data would give me that information. So there's quite a few ways to, to make your, your negative keyword list pretty robust. It's just a matter of doing a lot of tedious work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. Awesome. Uh, Amit, I want to ask you how to collect data. Um, I spoke with great uh google ads experts and all of them share different methods various methods how to collect data but what i found uh, none of them use standard methods <laughs> they usually go outside of comfort zone uh, to speak with customers to learn more about business to uh, speak with uh, sales people so tell your methods how you collect data before creating and launching uh, google ads campaigns Oh gosh, there's a, a couple of ways. So we'll start with a questionnaire with our client. Mm -hmm. uh, so what we want is to see how they see their business. Because I think uh, as digital marketers, we very quickly learn that how a business owner sees their business is very different to what their business actually really looks like. Mm -hmm. um, so oftentimes business owners will be like, my target demographic is female like from 25 to 35. And then we'll go into Google Analytics and we'll realize that their actual consumer is female, but they're actually quite a bit older, 45 to 65. But because they aren't looking at data and they just look at just like random pieces of information, they just assume that like their, their demographic is younger. Um, so really confirming that information that we get from clients is a really big uh, piece in, in our account setup is really just looking at what they think and then what we, we know to be true and then connecting the two. And then after that, we're really looking at competitors. We're doing a lot of spying on them. What kind of keywords are they bidding for? How long have they been advertising for? How much money are they spending? Um, those kind of information, that kind of information really, really helps us get an edge on them. And now with like uh, the Google ads library, um, I'm not entirely sure what it's called. So I just call it the Google ads library, but you're able to look at what your competitors are actually advertising for and what their ads look like which is amazing because now we're able to sit there and be like, okay, well, their ad copy sucks. Now I can improve it. All I have to do is just take whatever they did badly and just yeah. go off and just copy it, right? Like we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. We yeah. don't have to try to do the new stuff. All I need to do is be better than the comp competition at the end of the day. So yeah. why not just steal their work and just, you know, make my life a little bit easier. So collecting, I think collecting data is really, really great, but also being really smart with it. Um, and that really kind of just boils down to looking at your Google Analytics, looking at hot, something like Hotjar, which is um, a, a website recorder, I guess, in a session recorder. So you can watch how people go through the website. 
um, is really great because that gives you a better idea of whether or not there is any friction on the website. So uh, at one point I had a client when I had first started out freelancing, uh, he was selling, I think it was like baby diapers or something like that, like a subscription service. And I remember him sitting there going, oh, I get like no leads. And I, I remember going onto his website and I had to do this manually because I didn't know about Hotjar at that point. Uh, and I realized that his form was 25 questions. And I was like, no wonder you get no leads. Nobody wants to do this. Uh, and here he was spending money on ads, thinking that it was going to work for him when really in reality, it was one major hindrance, right? So uh, I turned around and looked at him. I'm like, name, phone number, email. That's all you need. Do not ask them anything else. We can qualify them on a phone call. Um, so it was really just cleaning up that data because I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm like, you can collect that and write it down. And then that way we have it as first party data. Um, so yeah, I, I think I went off on a tangent, but I hopefully answered that question. <laughs> yeah. I think these people from North Korea, I think you answered this question. <laughs> so yeah. And I mean, uh, I want to ask about your live in tools that uh, all uh, paid marketers must have today. Uh, you mentioned about uh, Google library. I think Facebook has this library and Google launched the same library after Facebook, probably to learn this positive experience. And uh, it's a legitimate way to spy your competitors. As you mentioned, <laughs> you can mm -hmm. learn from their mistakes. And you remind me. Uh, an interesting book that I read uh, right now. What is the name of the book? I forget. Okay, I'll share uh, on the podcast episode. But you know, uh, uh, the main point of this book that uh, biggest brands, companies didn't start with great ideas. They started mm -hmm. with generic ideas and developed, innovated them. So as the same with Google Ads. You don't need to create something new. You need to learn from competitors and think how to develop, innovate, provide something better. So yeah, I love it. And uh, companies like Walmart, Walt Disney, many big companies started with some generic ideas, nothing special. Yeah. And even great ideas can uh, kill your business because... Uh, uh, it's hard to create something really uh, unique from scratch. But if you start from generic idea, you can develop, innovate, and uh, in the end, you can create something special, new, interesting. <laughs> I mean, yeah, can you tell about tools uh, that must have in Google Ads campaigns? Oh, gosh. Ah, there's so many, I feel. Um, yeah, the Google Ads library is a really great one, especially if you don't want to pay for like another subscription like SEM Rush where you mm -hmm. can really like um, look at all your competitors all at once and kind of compare notes if you wanted to. And that's something, it tends to be a little pricey. So using Google Ads library is a really great way to kind of avoid um, spending that money. But then you also don't really get that keyword data and you don't really get to see how much they're spending. So there's pros mm -hmm. and cons on both sides of that. I really love session recorders, so Hotjar. Uh, there's a couple other out there, I just don't know their names. So they basically, um, as somebody comes onto your website, they essentially just start recording so that that way you can actually take a look at where they went, how they were moving around the website. So it gives you a better understanding of the user experience, um, which really helps with some of our clients because sometimes I'm like, this isn't working and they won't believe you unless they see the evidence. So you ship over like a bunch of videos and go, here's a bunch of people leaving your site in 10 seconds because they couldn't find what they were looking for. It's time for a change. And that's been really, really great. Uh, to help support us. 
uh, in that. I love using, um, if you're managing a lot of accounts, I love using Optimizer. Uh, it's like basically like, it's an optimization tool, but I use it for more budget management than anything else and making sure that accounts are staying, if not, if they're not performing better than they were the last month, I want to make sure that they're staying at least somewhat the same. And they send me alerts every time we drop past like maybe about 10% or something like that. And then I'll jump in and go into the account and take a look and make sure that everything's running very smoothly. Uh, another tool that I really, really like is just the all wet, like the Google tools that are provided to us, uh, like the optimization ones for mobile and page speed. Um, we're in an age where nobody really is looking for anything on their desktop like a lot of people are really just on their mobile phones so making sure that our sites are mobile friendly but they're also loading really quickly is a massive um step ahead of a, a bunch of other people like a lot of people don't want to be waiting more than three seconds which is absurd but like they don't want to work they don't want to wait for three seconds they want the website up and ready right away and if you're not providing that especially for a google ad you're going to start seeing people drop off so using tools like that just to make sure that your site is still up to date um is highly recommended on my end mm -hmm. yeah nice love it love it awesome you know it's interesting my dogs usually take part on my podcast as well but right yep. now they are sleeping <laughs> so yeah can... it's very fun i just it's always it's always the one the other one is very, I've got two of them. The other one's totally quiet. It's just the one who likes to sing halfway through. Yeah. He's like, you're talking too much and you're not talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And guys, you can see it's live conversation. <laughs> so yeah. And they found it's better to have such noise type to time, you know, because yeah. it shows that we are live. Okay. I mean, I want to ask about AI. Today, it's hard to ignore this tool. That was simple. Yesterday, impossible. Tomorrow, and uh, uh, the last time, if I open uh, any tools, I can see AI integration everywhere. Even on LinkedIn, if I want want to post new content, <laughs> uh, LinkedIn asks, "Do you need AI help?" Uh, if I go to Google, uh, to Grammarly, to Google Documents, AI is everywhere on my email. So I think we have AI on Google Ads as well. So tell we how to use AI to get great results. <laughs> oh, gosh. This one's a little bit of a harder question to answer just because they haven't fully implemented it. And mm -hmm. I find that Google has a tendency to um, mess everything up before they make it better. Mm -hmm. So, and a great example is G4, really, at this point, the Google Analytics 4 rollout that recently happened. And admittedly, they were forced to do it, but um, it was two years too early. So what they tend, what and it feels like it's very much a Google thing where they kind of mess something up and then they slowly but surely make it better. Um, so I think that's what we're going to end up seeing with Google Ads, especially. So they started rolling it out into Performance Max, which is the, the newest or the second newest, I should say. Um, uh, ad platform or not platform ad format uh it basically pushes all your content out to display youtube shopping search everywhere all in one place which is really really great and amazing and has yielded some pretty great results but you actually have to really make sure that you're feeding it correct data um which is a completely different conversation but now what they've added in terms of ai is adding uh text and image creation by itself so right now we're kind of in the testing period. It's not fully out in Canada, so I haven't been able to take a look. So I've been kind of just following a couple people just to see how it's going. And it's, it's very hit or miss. Uh, I think with, especially with something like ChatGPT4, the information is only up to about 2021. They don't have 2022 or 2023 data. Um, so we're only gonna see so much 
of it. Uh, once AI starts to, to advance to more current data, I think that's when we're gonna be able to utilize it a lot more. So right now, the way that we utilize it is by using it for ad copy. So I'll ask ChatGPT4 to, to um, write headlines basically for let's say a furniture store. And then I'll sit there and look at all of them. And then I use those as ideas, not as the headline. Mm -hmm. um, so a study or a re not a study, uh, a test that we did internally uh, actually showed that AI copy out or actually underperforms against human written copy because people can still tell the difference. Mm -hmm. So basically what I did as I went into chat GPT four pulled all about all the descriptions, all of the headlines and then got our copywriter to write um, ads for us. And she wasn't even aware that we were going to actually use them, which is the funny part. Um, and then we tested them against each other and she kicked AI's butt every single time. So using AI to help get ideas is a really great idea, but using it to write content for you is never going to be really that great just because humans can tell the difference and they resonate more with something that's written by a human. So um, using AI in that front and even within the platform as they continue to add that in, use it as an idea place. Don't use it as the end all be all because you're going to likely see negative results because of that. Yeah. Uh, Open AI is going to launch uh spoken words version mm -hmm. <laughs> it's interesting how it looks <laughs> uh probably open i learned uh why content creators complain <laughs> so and we will see this version i don't know it's it will be like human being speaking with you <laughs> so yeah interesting to test <laughs> i mean yeah i feel like yeah that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh i mean i want to ask about mistakes you know um in organic reach I can create content and fail. Then I create a new piece of content, can fail again. And uh, a tiny percent of uh, content can bring great results. It's enough, you know, to overcome all failures. But in Google Ads, we can't fail like this. Uh, as we discussed, uh, some companies can lose 500K, uh, 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 even million dollars. I read some studies about that. So can you tell uh, mistakes that Wait, marketers still do, but can avoid because some mistakes we need to do. I, I made a lot of mistakes. I keep doing mm -hmm. them, you know, some of them terrible. Uh, I know about them, but uh, I don't know another way how to learn because I usually start from generic strategy, best practices. I fail, mm -hmm. but in Google ads, it's expensive <laughs> to fail. So <laughs> tell how to avoid these mistakes. <laughs> Oh gosh, I feel like the mistakes are kind of the same ones that I've been kind of um, harping on this entire time is, you know, uh, using the wrong broad ma or the wrong match type. So uh, we're given three match types, exact phrase mm -hmm. and broad. Broad is that end all catch all phrase is um, a little bit more restricted and then exact match is like, this is exactly the, the, like the key term that we want to uh, show up for. We don't want to show up for anything else. Um, and it really kind of boils down to how much control you really want to have in your account. For me, if especially if you're someone who's starting, phrase match makes the most sense to me. Um, it gives you a little bit of flexibility, so you show up for other terms, but not so much constraint. That exact match kind of um, uh, narrows you down. And admittedly, with exact match, we have uh, something called close variance, where Google goes ahead and goes, well, this is closely related, so this should be fine. Um, phrase match still works a little bit better than that. So I kind of prefer phrase match more than anything else. Uh, not having your conversion tracking, that is something that I will say till the day I die, honestly, like the number of accounts that I've walked into 
and notice that they aren't tracking conversions or they're tracking page views um, is, is outstanding. Honestly, it's kind of a little baffling to me just to see how many agencies are like, yeah, this makes sense. Um, I don't want to track page views because uh, I don't care is really honestly the answer. I want to know how much uh, money I've made you. And the only way for me to figure that out is by tracking uh, how many people have called you, how many people have emailed you, how many people have submitted a form, how many people actually made a purchase on your website if you're e-com. Uh, that's conversion tracking to me. Uh, and that's what that is what I find to be the correct way of tracking. Um, is things that make a movement in your business tracking page views isn't going to do anything i will look at your page like your website i might look at 100 pages but if i'm not making a purchase what's the difference mm -hmm. like it makes no logical sense so those are i i'm going to say those are the two big ones i want to keep yeah i want to keep talking about the two big ones those ones using broad match and using conversion tracking or not using conversion tracking properly and then also just um spending too much money right out the gate. So a lot of people are like, okay, I have $100 a day and that's fantastic, but let's maybe start with 25, 30 and slowly start to ramp up as we start seeing results. Because the last thing that we want to do is give so much money into something that we don't know is going to work. And mm -hmm. that's where a lot of those uh, like ad spend mishaps kind of happen, especially if you're not an expert in the field. Spending the $100 a day, Google's going to take the $100 a day. They're not going to sit there and be like, hey, you didn't spend it today. We're not going to take it. They're 100% going to take it. They're a yeah. business. Uh, so I want to make sure that I control that experience as much as I possibly can by lowering that ad spend for a little bit and then ramping it up as I start to see what I want to see out of the account. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome, awesome. And Amit, I want to ask about your experience. Uh, just imagine you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. You know. Google exists, but you don't know that Google can list paid ads. So you need to, to learn from scratch. Uh, what will you do today if you need to learn everything from scratch? And let me explain why I'm asking about that, because I have students who are looking for ways how to learn from scratch. And I have customers who need to get the basic to cooperate with experts, to hire experts like you uh, in the end. So uh, for uh, both, I mean, like for students, for uh, entrepreneurs who want to learn uh, the basic of Google Ads. The basics, I would go um, to Udemy, which is that online course platform mm -hmm. or education platform, I should say. Um, Isaac Radunsky has a fantastic, like it's, it's an amazing beginner's course. It's absolutely free, which is the best part. Because usually when you're a beginner, you don't have money. So I really try to look at, and I, I like I have a re relatively large online following. So a lot of people message me and like, where do I learn? And I'm constantly like, let's find the free resources before I get you to do the paid ones. Yeah. Um, so Isaac Radunsky's Udemy course is fantastic. And that's the one that I would actually recommend for any beginner to look at. Because he really goes through everything one by one. I think the advanced and the intermediate ones are paid, but I'm not 100% sure on that front. Um, and then also blogs are a really great place to learn. So Search Engine Land, Search Engine Journal, uh, Search Engine Roundtable, they all have the same name basically. Those are really great resources to tell you what's happening in Google and um, what the effects are as well. So they'll sit there and do both sides of it. It's not an article about negative keywords and then that's the end of it. It's a 
here's negative keywords and here are the effects and this is why you want to do it and this is how you would remove them or something along those lines right um so i really love those blogs uh you can go to social media as well so my um instagram account is actually pretty active in in education and training so going to instagram or facebook or even linkedin to follow people in the field is a really great way to do that and that's basically how i kind of got started was me just reading a lot I read every article that I possibly could read. I followed every person that I could possibly follow. And then I engaged with them because the more, even if I don't understand, and even if I look like the silly person in the room, um, I'm still going to learn something. So I think really being somebody who can put their ego aside and walk away and be like, you know what? I just need to learn from this person. Um, it's okay if I sound kind of a little silly and a little stupid uh, is a really great place. It's a really great mindset for learning. So for me, I constantly want to be the, the dumbest person in the room, even with my staff or even with like my peers. I want to be stupid. I want to ask the idiotic questions and I want you to educate me further. Um, so I would really encourage, especially for beginners, to to wear that proudly. You don't know anything. That's OK. <laughs> yeah. Just like be eager to learn. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Love it. Love it. And guys, one more way how you can learn. You need to follow. I meet. Cabra uh, on LinkedIn because you're super active to share value. I know about that because I personally follow you. I need this valuable bombs. Uh, and so uh, you, you share a lot of great resources, but you forget about your account that's super active, you know, by sharing value. So guys, you can find the link in the description below. Tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. <laughs> Gosh, um, I would say like LinkedIn and Instagram are probably the greatest two ways if you're looking at social platforms. So I'm AdWords Girl on both platforms. Uh, we have a newsletter and right now we're doing actually a 10 week uh, get ready for fall type of um, email sequence right now. So every week we're touching on something new. This week we're talking about keywords. Next week, I believe we're talking about um, like creative and display uh, content. And it's just really kind of gearing up for the Thanksgiving season, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and then obviously Christmas as well, because that's a really, um, it's a really, really obviously busy time, especially for e-commerce businesses. Um, so our, our newsletter is a really great place to learn if you want to start actually looking at possibly advertising for Thanksgiving and Christmas is um, that newsletter. Yeah, I feel like that newsletter will do really well. So you can uh, find that at hopskipmedia.com. And then our blog is also pretty active as well. So um, there's lots of content everywhere from from us that you can you can find. Nice, awesome, awesome, guys! I recommend to anyone to follow Amit Cabra in, uh, on LinkedIn, on Instagram uh, to keep learning because uh, uh, Google Ads and all digital marketing are quickly changing world. Uh, many things are coming; you need to update. And if something works today, it doesn't mean that it will work forever. <laughs> it might not work tomorrow. <laughs> so yeah. that's okay. It's part of our job, marketers, to adapt fast. And you need to learn from great experts like Amit. Thank you, Amit. It's a big pleasure. Thank you of so course, much. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, big pleasure uh, that you found this time to share these valuable bombs. You lead me to an emergency room. I need to spend time to consume all this information. And I hope to get these valuable bombs in the future to follow your content. Okay, guys. Love you. See you. 
Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.